Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time without your knowing me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. I assure you, the one who believes in me and will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Alrighty. Well, good evening, everyone. How are we going? Good. I'm just excited. Uh, we have the Sandells back in Australia. When I saw Tim's face on Friday night, I was a little bit excited. Where's Tim? Hey. Good to have you guys back. Um, I'm also excited that we're um, starting a new series called Take Heart in John's Gospel. We're going to be, as Blake said, we're going to be tracking through kind of Jesus's, I guess, some of his final words to his disciples before he heads to the cross. He's kind of gathering them in the little huddle and he says, hey, here's the deal. I'm about to head to the cross, but here's some final words. So I'm really pumped about that and we're going to be starting off that series tonight in John 14. So if you've got your Bibles, keep them open. Uh, that'd be really helpful. Um, also, sermon outlines, you should have got them on the way in. Grab one of those too. Um, that'd be great. But I'm going to pray for us and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, you're so good. And we thank you that we can gather here tonight and we can hear from you. Father, I pray that you'd be stirring our hearts and you'd be showing us more and more of Jesus how worthy he is that Christ truly is enough. And I pray all this in his name. Amen. Um, I've been a bit sick this week, which is a bit of a bummer, but I had a, uh, had a Bucks Day yesterday. And of course, the one thing you want to do after you've been sick for a week is A, go for a Bucks Day, but B, go to a Bucks day that involves bubble soccer. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I was one of the groomsmen, so I'm like, I've got to get into it. I've got to energy, Chris, energy. So I, I went, and I, I'm sure you guys know what bubble soccer is. You get these giant bubbles, you put them on, and it's pretty much just an excuse for guys to run at each other, I reckon. And 
as I'm in this bubble soccer, I'm just kind of getting thrown around, tossed around. I'm this lanky guy. But the more time you spend in the bubble, like the sweat, it just gets gross. Like you just see sweat and it starts fogging up and you can't really see what's happening. And toward the end of the day, I just remember standing in my bubble and it's just foggy, it's just sweaty, and I was literally not doing anything. I'm just bracing myself going, someone's going to run at me. I don't know who, I don't know what's going on, someone's going to run at me, I'm going to be floored again, and I'm just, oh man, I just didn't know what was coming, and I'll be honest, a little bit stressed, a little bit anxious, going, man, I'm just going to get tossed around, the lanky redhead tossed around again. I'm sure you know the feeling of that uncertainty that causes a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety. But bubble soccer, it's a little bit of a trivial example, if we're honest with ourselves. Because recently I heard that a, a Thai soccer team of boys aged between 11 to 12 and their 25-year-old coach they went exploring in a cave. You've probably heard this story. They went exploring in a cave um, after one of their soccer games. And then when a monsoon flooded, it actually cut off their escape route. And so they're actually trapped in there for over 10 days. Now, I thought I was like a little bit anxious in my bubble ball, but for them in that cave, kind of not really knowing what's happening, they would have been troubled. They would have been confused. They surely were in a little bit of a daze going, how are we getting out of this? What's going on? I'm sure there are people here tonight that you've felt like that. That you've felt that the heart not. I think you know what I mean. Perhaps it's just general stress. Um, perhaps it's thinking about the future. You're sort of thinking, oh man, like... I don't really know what the future holds. It's a little bit blurry. Maybe that's you. Uh, maybe you're in a conflict with someone. I know that can be just tense and tight and you're like, I don't know what's, what's going on. Maybe it's just being tired from work. You're just working flat out and you're just feeling absolutely wrecked. Uh, maybe you're sick, um, whether it's mental or physical. Uh, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by guilt from an, an addiction, a sin that you just feel like you can't beat. Um, maybe getting bullied at work because of your faith. I, honestly, I can, I can say all those things, but I don't know what you guys are going through, honestly. But I'm sure you guys know what it means to have your heart turn into a knot and to feel troubled. I'm sure you know what that feels like. Because if there's anyone who had reason to be troubled, it was Jesus' friends, his disciples. See, they'd been travelling with Jesus all in his public ministry for those few years and they'd seen incredible things. They saw him turn water to wine. Man, getting the party really cranking. They, they saw him feed over 5,000 people with a little kid's lunchbox. They saw him heal the blind and show kindness and teach. They had seen all of these things. And then Jesus tells them, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. 
How'd you feel? Surely they'd be feeling, what's going on? A little bit stressed, a little bit confused. And he also said that one would betray him, Judas. One would deny him. The disciples are naturally feeling troubled. And so what does Jesus do? Well, it's kind of like he, he gathers them up in a little huddle, in a little group. And he tells them, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me and also in the Father. And that's what he calls us to do. Just as he spoke to those weary, feeble men, he speaks to us tonight. And he says, are you confused? Trust me. Are you hurting? Trust me. Are you feeling numb about life? Trust me. Trust me. Believe in me. Because Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you trust me, this is what you have. Are you ready? Jesus says, if you believe in me, this is what you have. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. The first thing in the sermon outline says, if you believe in me, you have hope. A future hope, a certain hope. Jesus is going away for the disciples' benefit. He's saying, I'm going to prepare a place in the Father's house. If you believe in me, that's what you have. Now, I'd imagine we, we all kind of know what it means to feel homesick. Maybe you've been on a school camp or maybe just away for a little bit. And we know that feeling. We just love the feeling of being at home. It's warm, it's secure, it's safe. Yet in Australia, there is roughly 100,000 plus people who are homeless. And I, and I researched this and I saw that in England a while ago, to raise awareness of homelessness, there were three Bromford colleges who braved the streets just to see what it was like for a night and they recorded what it felt like to be homeless. And this is what they said. By 10.30pm, we were cold and hungry. We quickly realised how lonely an existence this was. It was going to be a very long night. It was still rel relatively early... But already, we felt like the night was never going to end. I'm finding it hard to describe, but we couldn't even begin to imagine how it must feel if this is your life. We were beginning to feel very emotional. We were very uncomfortable. The hard floor was stone cold. And despite our layers, sleeping bags, our backs were really hurting. We decide against lying down. We felt vulnerable enough without putting ourselves at more risk. Cold to the bone. We needed to get circulation going. So we decided to go for a walk. It took a lot of effort to pack the little belongings we had away and we were already feeling unmotivated and pretty low. Our spirits were extremely low when we batted back down at 2.30 a.m., we were all really hungry and cold, deprived of, deprived of sleep. Our backs and legs were aching and we were feeling so many emotions. 
And that was one night. These students decide, okay, let's see what it's like to be homeless. So we'll go out one night. And they said they felt like vulnerable, they felt emotional, they felt abandoned, and they said most people were just walking past. Homelessness, it's heartbreaking. There's so many people who are homeless in our city. Yet Jesus says, if you believe in me, this will never be your spiritual state. Through me, you won't perish to hell. Through me, you won't be left homeless as orphans. Let me read what he says in verse 1 of chapter 14. He says, Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would not have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Jesus is saying to his weary, feeble disciples, are you troubled? Believe in me because if you do, heaven is your home. The place of eternal security, relational warmth, the place where there will be no more pain or tears or sickness or evil the place where we will see God. And Jesus said to his disciples, yes, I'm going, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. That is incredible. He goes on, let me read from verse 3. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. You know the way where I'm going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says that there's this eternal hope, there's this secure hope, but... It is only through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Now this statement that Jesus makes to our world, it it kind of seems a little bit offensive. Because by Jesus saying this, he's essentially saying, I'm the way, the other ways are wrong. People find this offensive. We live in a postmodern world where Well, if it's right for you, that's great, but you can't really say that something's wrong. But imagine you go to a doctor and you're sick and you're really kind of looking for answers and the doctor just says, hey, whatever makes you, whatever floats your boat, just go for it. You'd be like, no doctor, tell me what I need. And Jesus says, I am what you need. I am the only way to the Father. If you haven't, I guess, accepted Christ for yourself, I want you to consider him and what he offers because he says to you tonight, I'm it. That home in heaven, I'm it. I'm the way. Will you trust me? Will you trust me?
we have great hope in heaven for all who believe in Christ. But Jesus goes on, doesn't he? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in me, you have a place in the Father's house. But not only that, you not only have a place in the Father's house, but you get knowledge of the Father himself. You get relationship with the Father. See, what we read next is a real mic drop moment. I mean, there are a lot of mic drop moments, like when we're all waiting for the the naming of the new prince, Prince Louis. Everyone's like, what's he going to be called? I don't know, Chris, that's a good name. Like people are on the edge of their seats. Who's going to win the World Cup? Australia? No. Mic drop moments. But what we see here is, well, the ultimate mic drop moment when Jesus says this. If you know me, you will also know my Father. Did you hear that? From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And it's kind of like Philip's a little bit confused. He's like, what are you talking about? And so he says, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough. And it's like, Philip, he just, he just said that. But Jesus is very gracious. And he goes on and he says, okay, have I been among you all this time without your knowing me, Philip? And he says again, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I don't speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. As I said, if we put our trust in Jesus, we not only have a place in the Father's house, but also we have knowledge of the Father himself. Relationship to him. And this isn't the first time this has come up in John's Gospel. John 1.18, it says this, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is really big. Like this huddle Jesus is in with his disciples, he's essentially saying, hey guys, the person you're speaking to, the person that's at arm's length reach, me, I'm the son of God. Mic drop. Huge. I can't imagine what the disciples would have been feeling, would have been thinking. It's come up throughout the gospel, but it's just another mic drop moment. And for you, if you know Jesus, if you put your trust in him, get this, you too know the Father. You not only have the the hope of heaven, but you have relationship with the Father now. Have you ever stopped to think about that? That through Jesus, you actually know the creator of the universe. You know the one that formed the stars and the galaxies. The one who is big and mighty and strong. You know him. 
So take heart. Are you troubled? Believe in Jesus. For in Jesus you have hope. You have relationship. But thirdly, you have... Oh, man. I was wondering what the weather was. That's good. That helped me out. In Jesus, you have hope, you have a relationship, and thirdly, you have a mission. Let me read from verse 12. And Jesus says this, I assure you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. See, these disciples who are kind of huddled around Jesus They're troubled. We we know that. And I wonder if they were thinking, is this whole Jesus thing just a fad? Is this whole Jesus thing just going to fade away into the distance like lots of other things? Is this whole Jesus thing just going to fizzle out? Is it just going to stop here with these 12 men? And we see no. After Jesus died and rose again and went back to heaven... Things exploded. I mean, these 12 men went out and there were just people coming to Christ all over the place. Persecution couldn't stop the the gospel from advancing. It just kept on going on and on and on and on and on. Even today. I reckon there would have been a lot of people a period of time ago that thought the gospel would never enter China. Surely. But revival broke out and it's estimated that now in China there's over 97 million people who call themselves Christians. Crazy. And the gospel also reached us here in Pitt Town in the Hawkesbury. The disciples thinking, oh, is this whole Jesus thing, is it just going to fizzle out like a match? Is it just going to fade away? Jesus goes, no guys, that's not what's happening. Not at all. I'm going to continue to work and I'm going to continue to work through you and you're going to do greater things for my kingdom. So encouraging. It wasn't going to fizzle out like a match. God's kingdom was was going to continue to grow like a bonfire. That's pretty encouraging. But I wonder if you guys have ever thought, what's God still doing in our world? Has he fizzled out? Has he faded into the background? Is he still powerful? Can he still do things? And the answer is yes. The Bible says the the same God that, that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that's with us now. He's still at work. He's still advancing his kingdom. Take heart. Be encouraged. And he's given us a great gift in prayer as he says this in verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, 
I will do it. Now, at face value, that kind of looks like Jesus is the ultimate vetting machine and ask him and I'll get anything. But Jesus said, did you notice, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, and if you ask it in the name of Jesus, you're asking it that it would be part of God's will. See, the thing is, when we pray in line with God's will that we find in the Word, Jesus says, I will do it. Prayer is powerful. See what you have. This gospel mission, it's not fizzling out. It's still going. As I said at the side tonight, I, I don't know where you're at, I don't know what you're feeling but you may be troubled. And if you are, Jesus, he looks at you and he says, believe me, trust me, trust me, church. Because if you trust me, you know your home's in heaven, right? And if you trust me, you know the Father. And if you trust me, you're a part of my mission to continue to advance the gospel. Are you troubled? In Jesus, we can take heart, we can be encouraged. And I pray that you would be tonight as well, that we would be more and more passionate to continue to tell others about the good news of Jesus, that we would take heart for what Jesus has given us. Let me pray as the band comes up. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word and I thank you that you speak to us. Heavenly Father, as I said, I'm not sure where people are at tonight, but I pray that you'd be encouraging people, that you'd be showing that in Jesus we, we can have a place in the Father's house that in Jesus we can know the Father personally. And in Jesus, we're on the winning side. This Jesus thing isn't going to fizzle out into nothing. It's, it's going to last into eternity. And so, Father, I pray that as Jesus follows, we would take heart, we would be encouraged. But Father, I also pray for those who are still questioning, those who are still thinking about this whole thing. Father, I pray that they'd hear Jesus' claim to be the way, the truth, the life. They consider him and potentially even accept him. And I pray all this in his name. Amen.